Session drumming is defined as when session drummers are hired by other artists and musicians to perform in the recordings of albums or songs for those other musicians or producers. In the next half hour or so, I'm going to get into what it takes to become a session drummer in the studio or as a remote drummer at home. Welcome to the E-Drumming Radio Podcast, where we feed our addiction for E-Drumming and virtual drum technology. Virtual Addiction. And now your host, Brian Edward Baker. i got about 21 different tips or topics here for you guys. So let's get into foundational skills. Number one, you don't need a degree for this. Um, no one's going to ask you in a studio setting whether or not you have a degree. What they care about is can you play? And can you play for the song? Number two, you can work online or in person. It doesn't matter. So you could go to a studio. Uh, and these days, since people are doing more remote drumming, uh, there are, uh, due, to the, due to the COVID constraints, there are um, a lot of people doing setups at home, such as mine here. Number three, you need to know your instrument. You need to be comfortable on whatever it is you're playing on, whether that be an acoustic or an electric kit. Number four, you need to be in tune. There's nothing worse than having a drummer come into the studio that doesn't know how to tune his kit. And you almost guarantee that they're going to be using samples regardless at that point. <laughs> so make sure that your instrument is in tune and uh, tuned properly for the, the genre that you're playing in. Number five, you should learn different styles. Uh, it, it's good to be well-rounded and know more than just rock or metal or blues or whatever your jam was in high school. It's good if you can bring more to the table and that will equate to more work and better for you and the artists you're working with. Uh, number six, be able to play to a click track. So if you've been practicing to a metronome for a while, you should be pretty comfortable at playing to a click track at this point. So that's going to be paramount when it comes to doing session work for other people who've already tracked guitar tracks, bass, or vocals to a click, and it's very uh, quantized or very straight. You need to be able to play not just in time, but in sync with the click. Number seven, know thyself and what you're capable of. Uh, you need to know what your skill set is and what styles of music you're comfortable playing. And as I said before, you should always try to learn more styles. But if you're not an extreme metal drummer and you don't play very quick or efficient double bass, then it's probably not a good idea to take a session uh, of extreme metal music. So, you know, know what you can do. Same for jazz. Now, I personally am uh, horrible at jazz and uh, need to sharpen the saw, if you will, but I'm not going to be taking any work in that area until I can do it and do it well. Number eight, be prepared by knowing the material. Now, if you're coming into a session and time is of the essence and you're just getting the chart, know how to read charts. If you are just listening and uh, you know, learning the song that way, you'll want to go over it several times before you try to lay down that final track. I wouldn't fly by the seat of my pants if I were laying something down for someone that's paying me. Number nine, play for the song. The, you know, it's best if you can understand what the song is is and what it needs from you as a drummer. 
Not every song requires you to have blisteringly fast chops or complex drum fills. You want to be able to play in a musical way that complements the song that you're delivering for the artist. Number 10, be easy to get along with. It's, it's good to have a, uh, a positive nature when you come into the studio. And the more you can thank people and be friendly and leave your ego at the door, the better. That way you get calls back. If you're Mr. Uh, ego or Mr. Bad Attitude, nobody's going to call you back because nobody wants to work with that guy. Number 11, learn about the studio and what the workflow is like. The more that you can know about how a studio functions and how time is of the essence and, and what the, the workflow is, the better off you'll be as a drummer and more able to bring your skill set to the table. Number 12, don't doodle between takes. This isn't your garage band's rehearsal. You want to make sure that you're, you're listening and that other people can focus on what they're trying to do. Number 13, be humble and know what the artist is looking for. So as you work through a song and say, you know, the artist is telling you, you know, that isn't quite what I was after. Maybe it was too busy or let's lay back more in the pocket. That's the key to getting through the session is understanding that if you interpreted something wrong and being able to pivot so that you can get it right the next time. All right, in this next section, I'm going to want to talk about gear. So uh, let's go into that now. Number 14, let's get into the gear for the studio with real drums. So first, you're going to need a drum kit, and that's pretty obvious. But something of a, of a good wood tone. You could, you could shoot for maple or you could shoot for birch, but I would recommend shells that are, that are a decent quality. I would have a variety of snare drums uh, to suit different purposes. So a good wood snare, a good metal snare at a minimum. And then possibly, uh, you know, a bronze or something like that, or brass, just to uh, have that third option. You know, I might also have various sizes of snare drums. Typically, people are going to want a 14 by 5, something like that, but you might find yourself in a situation where you want that 14 by 8 Danny Carey snare drum. Or that piccolo that you've had in the closet for years. Different symbols. Uh, not all symbols are made for all genres of music. And while you can get a universal setup for Sabian or Zildjian, it's good to have those dry jazz symbols if jazz is what you're doing, or possibly something for country or something for rock. And surprisingly enough, metal symbols don't always have to be the heaviest symbol in the, in the vault. <laughs> and again, if you're working from home, you're going to need some good mics and a good audio interface and a computer, etc good recording software and whatnot. Number 15, gear for remote drumming in stealth mode. This is kind of my specialty, so let me dig into this one for you. So, you'll need an electronic kit. That's a given. If you're gonna be in stealth mode, you gotta have something like a Roland or an Elisa Strike, uh, something decent that's not gonna have loud cymbals, something with mesh heads, and uh, it's quiet to play on. You obviously will need a computer to record on. Apple or Windows, it doesn't matter. Just something with a good amount of RAM and storage space. You're going to need recording software. Again, uh, I use Studio One and just about anything would work. Reaper, you know, Pro Tools. You're going to need virtual drum software. Now, this one gets a little tricky, but it's basically a software that runs inside your recording software on your DAW. And you capture the MIDI from your, you know, electric kit. And the audio that you will actually be using is the audio from your... Uh, virtual drums. Now, there's different brands, different companies. Um, I'm pretty brand agnostic, but 
I primarily use Stephen Slade drums, but there's addictive drums, there's uh, superior drums 3.0 or whatever's out right now. Uh, but yes, absolutely a virtual drum software. You'll need an audio interface. Uh, that, that goes without saying. Primarily it's for your reference monitors because you run a MIDI cable from your electric kit to your computer to control your uh, virtual drums. But then when you go to listen back, you're going to need that audio interface for your earphones or your reference monitors. Speaking of earphones, you're going to need earphones at a minimum and probably some decent studio phones or earbuds. Uh, where are my earbuds? I can show you guys, but uh, yeah. In-ear monitors are probably best for the in-ear thing, and if not, you can get over-the-ear headphones. All right, for this next section, we're going to get into the business of drumming and freelancing. Here's my tips for that. So number 16, you need to set expectations about revisions, especially if it's your own business. So while you would go into the studio if hired by a producer, and in that scenario, you do have many takes, it, you know, it, it, whatever it takes for them to get the take that they want, you want to keep in mind in that scenario that, you know, the less takes the better. If you can nail it quicker, the better it is for everyone, the cheaper and less or the less expensive it becomes. And if you want calls back from that producer or artist, you need to be on your game. Now, if you're freelancing at home and you're the boss, um, you still want to have an expectation that you set for your client. So whether that's three revisions or five or, you know, you need to give them a reasonable amount of times that you could redo the take just in, just in case your vision doesn't meet their vision. And uh, this also saves you from those revision hell nightmares that sometimes come up when an artist just isn't conveying what they want or you're not understanding what they need. And sometimes in that situation, you want to have a way to cut ties or say this is it. And uh, it's better to have a contract and send a complicated project away than it is to have uh, unlimited revisions that you're doing and you're just burning time and money. Number 17, I just touched on this, but yes, you want to have a contract. You absolutely want to have a contract, especially if you're working for yourself. And that protects you and them from uh, misunderstandings. Number 18, if you're just getting started in the freelancing world, you want to use an online marketplace. Number 19, I guess, would be a specific on that to get granular for you. <laughs> uh, Fiverr and AirGigs are great places to go for getting started. They have a, a wonderful platform where you can create a profile, etc. And speaking of that, if you do sign up for Fiverr, just go ahead and make your profile. It's free. You want to use good photos of your face, not just your drum kit, because people hire people, not drum sets. So while it's good to put a drum set picture on there or maybe a shot of your studio, make sure that you give them a picture of your, of your, uh, your ugly mug and smile. <laughs> You'll also want to use and include good audio examples. So if you've already done some work and you've got some tracks you could borrow from a previous client or if you've got something in your records of your, of your own, uh, put up the best audio files you can. Um, make sure that they are diverse, though, that you're showing that not only do you play rock and metal, but you also do blues and country or jazz or whatever, however many styles you can show off. Number 20, have a marketing plan. I can't say enough about me getting started and building my first website and thinking that traffic was just going to appear. Like, you know, if you build it, they will come, right? That's completely wrong. 
you want to learn how to build a website, say a WordPress site, but then you need a marketing plan to actually make sure that people are aware that you exist. And you will make more money if you get off the platforms uh, of Fiverr and, and, and AirGigs and places like that. If you can control your own traffic to your own website and get your own signups and workflow. So you need to learn, A, how to build a WordPress site, and B, learn to run Google and Facebook ads. The quick tip on that, and I'll, I'll let you Google it to, to, to dig out more information, is Facebook is an interest-based marketing, interruption marketing, if you will, where people just scroll through and see something if they've been targeted. But the leads tend to be less solid because you don't know whether they're in the budget and searching for th something like session drummers right now or not. Where Google ads is probably where I would go first because it's search-based, right now, in the moment, hot marketing. So if someone needs a dentist, they're going to search for a dentist and they need to get that tooth pulled right now. If someone needs a session drummer or remote drummer, they're going to get on Google and search right now. So your Google ads will catch them in the moment, and that's what I recommend for starting out. Number 21, be okay with rejection. You know, we're going to get out there and we're going to reach out and, and try to touch base with, with uh, possible clients. And a lot of times you're going to get a no. Um, you'll bid on things in the marketplaces like Fiverr and whatnot, and maybe you're not a match for that project. Be okay with no. It's just like auditioning for a band. You just keep doing it and keep doing it until you get in. Bonus tip 22. Have goals and work backwards. Know what you want to do as a session drummer, like how much in demand you want to be, how much you want to work, how much you want to earn, and work your goals backwards. Reverse engineer that into actual steps for getting there. Uh, a good way to do that is figure out how much you want to earn from session drumming, whether you want it to be full-time or not, and then break that down into hours, and then figure out your average hours per project, and you figure out how many projects you need per month. Go from there. Bonus tip. Again, <laughs> number 23. I guess I had that count off pretty bad. All right, so session drumming can be fun. So don't forget that. Have fun doing what you're doing. You know, it doesn't just have to be performing and teaching. You can actually be creative and help other people out with their music. And that's a wonderful value to bring to the table. And it gives you the variety of all the different clients you could work with and all the different styles of music. So you're not just stuck in one band doing one style of music. You can really branch out. And, you know, improve your chops, too. Additionally, building a business is a long game, but it can be so worth it. So, you know, whether your session drumming ends up being like a another income stream to go with your, your performing or go with teaching or whatever, um, you know, it, it's, it's something that it, it's worth investing your time and worth getting your name out there and getting to know the musical community in your area or online. And, heck, the, you know, the country could be your oyster. Okay, so that's it for this podcast on session drumming. If you want to know more about session drumming or building your own studio, uh, head over to brianupperbaker.com and check out my course. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please don't forget to rate, review, and tell someone. It's an old school word of mouth thing. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening to the eDrum Radio Podcast. Get more fuel for your eDrumming addiction at brianedwardbaker.com slash eDrumming Radio.
Until next time, thanks for hanging out.